Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday, featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott, and thanks for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is Calgary, Alberta's country singer-songwriter Aaron Pollock. And you may be thinking, I have heard his name be featured on another Studio B podcast. Well, yes, you have. You have heard him on an educational episode, episode 20, Better Together. It is available everywhere you get Get your podcast now as well. But today I am so excited to have him on as a musical guest to talk about, well, his musical career. <laughs> With Aaron, we talk about what made him decide to go from rock to country and take a solo journey as well, and the paths he took to make his music a full time career, the fact that he has over 800 songs in his category and who he's collaborated with, his love of boxing and fitness, and so much more. It was an incredible conversation. You're also going to hear his two amazing songs, his debut country single, Nothing Much These Days, and his latest heartbreaker and a half that is just stunning. The truth is, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. Once again, Aaron, thanks so much for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday. It is great to have you here today to talk about your music and your musical everything. And, you know, it was great to talk to you about collaborating with artists and why it's so important and how to do it the best ways. But I can't wait to talk more about you and about your music and play some of your music on one to watch Wednesday with this version of studio B. But I just have to mention about the first time we met, cause I don't think we talked about this in the last episode, but I remember just walking up to you and I'm pretty sure it was like a wall nation. And I walked up to you at flame central. I'm like, Hey, are you Aaron Pollock? And you're like, yeah. And I think that's how it went, but I remember it was so awkward, but it was so funny, but you were so nice. <laughs> Thank you. That is hilarious because I was at that concert by myself. I just love Able Nation and couldn't find a buddy to go with me. So I just went solo. So I remember that. That's awesome. That's hilarious. I've like, I'd never been like recognized before by anybody <laughs> in public that like didn't know. So it was really, that was cool. But like, you've been supporting me since like literally the very beginning of my music kind of career. So like, I always, always appreciate the chance to talk with you. You are such a great supporter and great friend too. So, well, I think it's just great that I get to chat with you again today. I haven't seen you physically in like a couple of years. So virtually this is going to have to do for now. I feel like we kind of grew up together in the Alberta country music scene, because when I first met you back six years ago, now at the AWOL nation concert, you were more into the rock scene. You were more into rock music. And just over four years ago, we met and we were both trying to establish ourselves further. And I mean, look at us now, like, I am so proud of you and you should be so proud of yourself. Like, how does it feel to kind of look back and then look at how far you've come now? Thank you so much. It's pretty interesting. Like, I feel like, you know, there's still a lot of road ahead, but it's really been rewarding, I guess. I don't know if you've seen the movie, The History of the Eagles, but uh, there's one part where uh, Joe Walsh is talking about, um, if, you, if, if you haven't seen it, it's like the documentary on the history of the band, the Eagles, obviously. Uh, it's not like about the, the bird, the Eagles. But Joe Walsh is talking about how like you go through life and it just seems like it's chaotic and just like all over the place. And uh, like, you, you know, it's just crazy and bad stuff happens. But like you look back and it's like a finely crafted novel. And like, I, I wouldn't say that because I'm like a little not quite that far down the road. But like, you know, it's just nice to see, um, see some of the work that you put in pay off and just like kind of stuff that a few years ago, you wouldn't have thought you'd be able to accomplish being able to do that. And, you know, just to gain confidence and 
I've gained a little, a little more confidence in myself as a writer, as an artist and a singer. And I've been just, I guess I really learned to enjoy what I was doing and enjoy the process. And, you know, it's just weird kind of, you know, keeping your head down and then looking up a few years later and taking a look back at where you started versus where you are now. I guess now, since I've been, I've been writing a lot, I'm really just at a point where I'm making a lot of music that really means a lot to me and really just trying to dig deeper and do stuff that really just kind of, you know, that I'm passionate about as a musician and as a songwriter and artist. Cause I feel like if you're doing that, then that's the stuff that really resonates with people. And that's why we all do it. Definitely. And your songs do resonate with people. I've told you a few times, stop right into my heart because I relate to your songs way too much, but we'll get more into that a bit later. But tell us a bit about your musical history, because when I met you, you were with, I believe they were called the Canards and they were rock music and you were doing some political stuff. You were doing a lot of stuff when I first met you. So what made you transition into country? I used to, I like went to university and I worked uh, in the Alberta legislature for a while. I always did music. It was like, it was, it's always been my passion, but I just never thought I like would be, be able to realistically do it as a career. I didn't think it was good enough or that it was just like a feasible career path. And, you know, I, I didn't really like my job when I started working full time. And I realized that I'd never really be happy unless I just kind of devoted myself to what I wanted to do. So I decided to go for music and I, uh, I started playing in bands when I was like a teenager and kind of kept playing with the same group of guys through university. And a lot of them were more just kind of in it for, for fun they liked playing shows and it was more of just a hobby whereas I really wanted to make something out of it so when I was in the canards you know it was kind of I would do you know the songwriting booking the shows and stuff and like playing with a band was super fun I grew up listening to bands so I always wanted to be in a band but it just became easier just to you know everyone went their own way and like got jobs and did stuff and I just kind of stayed on the music path so it just made more sense to just do it under my own name I grew up listening to like Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses and a lot of rock and roll music. I didn't get, get into country until a little later on when I kind of got into songwriting. When I was playing rock, I used to just kind of write whatever lyrics I wanted that really didn't make any sense, kind of like Red Hot Chili Peppers style stuff. And like, just, you know, I thought that would suffice. And then someone like a, a mentor kind of gave me some advice one time. It's like, no, you, you sound pretty good, but like your songs, like what what's up with that, man? Like they're just all over the place. I have no idea what you're talking about. So... <laughs> I decided it would probably be a good idea to like learn how to write songs properly. And once I started doing that, I just really gained a huge appreciation for the craft of country music. And like, it's the genre where the lyrics are the most important part. And, you know, I grew up surrounded by country in Calgary. It just took me a little while to delve into it myself. You know, the, the country scene in Alberta and Calgary is what really helped me grow as a songwriter because there's so many amazing artists and writers here I was able to connect with and play shows with and just sort of become friends with. And uh, it just felt more in line with the stuff that was naturally coming out. You know, then I eventually, as time went on, started kind of trying to carve my own little niche and figure out my own sound and like what made me what my own kind of style was. But, you know, earlier on, I was just trying to imitate stuff I liked. I got into country because of songwriting. I like that story quite a bit. And you kind of do get to be part of the band sometimes because you do hire yourself out as a session player as well. You've been on stage with many other artists as a guitar player on the side. So how has that helped with your career and with your sound and with your writing, working with other artists in that way? So I grew up like first being a like a guitar player and then I played bass in my school band and I always like it's a much different kind of activity it's it's fun in a very different way but I just like I really enjoy just like rocking out on stage you know just getting that practice being on stage getting the confidence in front of crowds learning how to put together a good show and just experiencing that whole thing from a bit of a different angle and like touring around 
I learned a lot from some really great artists that I toured with and I, I had a lot of fun and it just like improves your musicianship a lot, having to learn a bunch of songs and like go play them in front of people, make mistakes and get better. And I also sang backup vocals too. So like I would tighten up my, my harmony singing and that kind of stuff, you know, learned what I liked and what I didn't like and kind of how I wanted to present myself on stage. So like you can't really become good at performing until you are bad at performing and like just do it in front of people and like are not confident and sort of grow into it. And it really kind of helped me to grow a little bit quicker, just being on stage with people that were more experienced. I also like playing bass on stage is one of my favorite things. It's almost more fun to me than playing guitar on stage because you just like really lock in with the drums and like just groove to the vibe of the music. And it's less stressful, I guess, about like playing a bum note or, you know, there's a little bit less of a spotlight. So you can just kind of do your own thing. It's a much different side of things that I really enjoy. I enjoy the songwriting more, but like that, it's also a good way to, to make money and just to get that experience. Really, really valuable stage experience that I got, I guess, was the big takeaway from that. That's really great. How many times have people said slapping the bass to you, man? Like every single show that I played on the bass. I didn't, I didn't slap it once. Like slap is not something you do in country songs. So, but I don't know. Everyone said that, you know, if I was on the other end of that, I would probably say it too. So <laughs> you almost can't help it. You almost can't help it. Now, oh. We are going to talk about your many achievements and your many accomplishments that you've had over the last few years in the country music scene. But what do you feel has been your greatest accomplishment as an artist so far? That's tough because I feel like my artist career is just kind of getting started now. And I've done like a lot more as a songwriter than I have as an artist in terms of like achievements that I can I can put out there and stuff that I've done. I guess some of the coolest achievements I can say I've done, like is some of the shows I've played, like I got to share the stage with Brett Kissel and Jocelyn Alice and Sean Hook over the past few years and got to play a lot of really cool shows. Getting to share the stage with those people was like a big milestone for me. Uh, I was on the cover of uh, my first ever playlist, an Amazon playlist for the truth is, which was super cool. That was like a really cool milestone for me. You know, that within the streaming age, there's all sorts of new like kind of milestones that artists get and like, you know, have to you know kind of experience. And that was a really big one for me. For sure. What is one thing you would like to achieve and what is something you'd like to accomplish in your musical career? There's a lot of stuff. I would like to obviously tour the world, see the world that way, because I spent a lot of time kind of like grinding it out. And hopefully I, I want to see the world and that's how I want to do it. Um, one of my dreams is like, I just love all different styles of music and like writing with different sorts of people. So I don't know if you listened to Ed Sheeran's album that he put out a few years ago. That was like that collaboration project with all those oh, people. Yeah, that was so good. He, yeah. He did like rap songs and like pop songs and like more rock and roll kind of stuff with just all these different artists. Like I want to be able to do stuff like that where I can like do, you know, rock stuff and like country stuff. And like, I, I work with rappers sometimes and like love that kind of stuff. So like, I just want to be able to, you know, at one point be established enough where I can just put out an album of like different kind of genres of music, I guess. Cause I feel like I love all that stuff and I just want to be able to express myself in different ways and not be in a box. That's like a huge dream of mine to be able to do that one day. Like it's probably, it's pretty hard to be able to do something like that, I think. But if I could do that, that'd be sweet. For sure. And like you have 800 songs under your belt and I've heard of a lot of them and I feel like you've probably written about every topic under the sun, but if you could write any kind of song in the world on any topic, any genre, what else would you love to write about? And what else would you love to sing? You mentioned the collaborations and all that greatness, but if you could write about anything 
with anyone? What would you love to sing about with who? Oh man, that's super interesting. I think like whatever is worth the most worth writing about is whatever you're feeling the most strongly and like the kind of most meaningful experiences that you've had in your life. For me, like getting to work with a bigger artist, getting to write about something that's meaningful, something that I've really been enjoyed enjoying writing about recently is sobriety, which is something I've kind of undertaken over the last few years. I decided to live a sober lifestyle. No fun for me whatsoever. No, I'm just kidding. It was, it was a really good choice, <laughs> obviously, but like obviously a highly emotional thing to undertake and like a lot of new life experiences that come along with that. So like, that's a really powerful thing that I've enjoyed writing about. There's a lot of really amazing artists out there that are sober. You know, John Mayer doesn't drink anymore. Writing a song with him about that with Keith Urban would be super cool. Eminem makes like, you know, he's makes some of my favorite music on sobriety and like has some of the most powerful stories, like even something with him, with him. I'd need to think about it and like, but it would, it would probably be a, on sobriety with an artist that had also, you know, experienced sort of the lows of being an addict or an alcoholic or whatever. And, you know, kind of the life transformation of getting sober. I'd really love to to do that with somebody. That's amazing. And I can't wait to hear that project when it comes out, because I know it's going to be just as amazing as all of your other songs. And over the Thank past you. few years, you have established yourself as a very successful songwriter. As I've mentioned, yeah. you have over 800 songs in your catalog and you have been recognized in both Canada and South of the Border, of course. And I mean, 800 songs. That is a lot of songs. Congratulations. That's so cool. So tell us about who you have collaborated with so far and how you've learned by working with them. Thank you. You know, if, the, if you want to succeed as a songwriter, you just got to do it a lot. There's, you know, the only way to get good at it is just to do like do a lot of songwriting. So I've just been trying to do that. And I've gotten to work with some really amazing songwriters over the years. And one artist that I've been working with for a really long time is uh, Annika. Um, formerly from Leaving Thomas, now just a solo artist. You know her, obviously. You know, she's been really, we've been like on kind of a big musical journey together and like written a lot of songs together and like helped each other sort of grow as artists and songwriters. And that was really cool. Like, you know, that's some of my proudest accomplishments being part of her career and her songs. Uh, and also more recently, there's another artist I've started working with too, Lydia Sutherland. She's just a phenomenal songwriting prodigy. She's mm -hmm. from Montreal, Quebec. And like, since I met her, like my writing volume and output increased like more than double to what it was before because she just writes so much. And like, we really write well together. And she's just, I've never met anyone that like writes that much and writes that much deep, emotional, thoughtful, incredible songwriting. So like working with her recently has really helped me step up my game and really like change, change the game for me a lot. There's a writer in Nashville that I've worked with a lot. His name is Chris Yerchuk. He's written a lot more songs than I have. And he's just like a, a songwriting mentor to me, I guess. And it's just, he's so incredible and makes every line and every song so special. And working with him earlier on has really showed me like what you need to do to make a song special. And like, you just can't have anything generic. You need to really work hard just to make every line as unique and special and hard hitting as you possibly can. They're all so talented. Like I love all three yeah. of those guys, this writing styles and Lydia Sutherland was on one to watch Wednesday as well. So if anyone wants to listen to her music, head on over to her episode. She's fantastic. And you have said that your main priority with music is telling a thoughtful story that has an emotional impact on whoever is listening and taking yeah. intense emotions and creating something that can, they can identify with and maybe make them feel like they're not alone. And you do that so incredibly. And so when you sit down and write, how do you, in a way, although the song is your story and your words, how do you step out of yourself and how do you make it relatable to someone else? And how do you make it like what Chris Yerchuk has mentioned to you, how to write a song? Oh man, that just makes my day that you said that. Thank you. Cause like, that's the reason why I do this is because when I grew up 
listening to music, like music was just there for me and like such an important part of my life and like helped me through the really tough times and was the soundtrack and like lifted me up during the good times. And so like, just to, to hear you say that, you know, you've connected with my stuff and that you feel I've done that well, just like really means the world to me. So thank you a lot for saying that. Honestly, like there's the best way to do it is just to write about what you're feeling and like be as vulnerable as you possibly can and as honest and like as raw as you can with like what you're feeling because you know that's how you connect with with other people i think through songwriting like the deeper you're going introspectively and inside of yourself the stronger the connection you develop with your outside audiences because you don't know who's going to be relating to it but all that matters is like the more of yourself you put into a song just like the more it's going to grab somebody who is going through that you can't really be like i want to target you know this certain group of people who are feeling this unless you're feeling that same thing i guess so like what makes you special as an artist is it, or songwriters what you've been through that's really the magic of music i think is i'm sure you would agree is like hearing those songs where they feel like they're talking about your own kind of life it's really cool you got to look inward to make that connection outward i guess for sure. I totally agree with that. And we are going to continue on with the interview here. We're going to go a little bit deeper here, but first we are going to play a song that you brought out. It was your debut single and it's called nothing much these days. And I think this was the first song I said to you, stop writing to me. Oh my God. <laughs> like, cause it just hit so close to home with me. So we're going to play that song here, but first tell us a bit about this song and what it means to you and where it came from. This was like kind of at the start of my country writing career. I wrote it in 2016 with Troy Kokel who's a guy who I wrote a lot of songs with. He was a great mentor and helped me learn a lot about songwriting. Gone through a breakup of sorts a few months before that. And, you know, it was one of those situations where I, I wanted her back, uh, but it was too late. She'd moved on to somebody else by the time I came around. I guess you could say this girl was kind of like the girl I learned how to write songs about, you know, because I, like I'd never experienced that kind of like feeling of like, you messed up so bad, dude. Like this was... <laughs> The one you really screwed this up. And like, I was just so bent out of shape about this girl. Like, you know, I was going through some stuff in my life at the time. And like, I feel like I had a lot of emotional maturing to do like a lot of growing as a person. And like those experiences of feeling like I made the wrong decision at that age, like ultimately led me to, you know, changing who I was and becoming someone I'm proud of, which is great. But uh, it was just a feeling of like helplessness, I guess, like that, that that song came from just a place of like, there's nothing I can do to get this person back. Like, I'm just screwed. And just that feeling of being helpless. And so that's what where the lyrics came from. Lying here, just counting missing frames on the wall. My t-shirt still crumpled up where you let it fall But I just leave it in the corner Cause it looks way better on you anyway And if you ask what I've been up to I'll tell you nothing much these days I've been spending hours listening for a phone that never rings Working on a bottle so I can't feel anything I've been making a living by wasting life away And if you ask what I've been up to I'll tell you nothing much these days i 
website it says here that you face some professional challenges in recent years but you've taken that opportunity to rethink the path of your music career the sound and the style of your own recordings and really work on yourself and really work on your music and we did talk about that a little bit on how you have grown over the last few years in country music but what sort of paths did you go on what sort of things did you try to keep yourself motivated creative and inspired while you were on this journey to find your path in music where you are now I guess I, when I was experiencing those challenges, music is when you're coming up as an artist or songwriter, it's sort of a trial and error process in terms of who you work with and the style and sound that you want to go for. And like everyone tells you at the beginning of your artist career, like, oh, you need to find your sound. You need to find your sound, like your unique sound. That's you as a person. And when you're like just starting out, you're like, oh my God, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Like, how am I supposed to do that? And the only way to really do it is just to like try a bunch of stuff that you don't like, I guess. So, you know, earlier on, I tried writing like some styles of country that like weren't really for me. And I, you know, I worked closely with a bunch of people who, you know, didn't work out with ultimately wish them the best, obviously, but that's how it goes in the music business. You know, that's business. Ultimately, I, I guess I tried to write a lot of songs myself and tried to figure out like what I have to say and like what makes me unique as an artist and a songwriter and like what I want to say to people. Also, like what I want my music to sound like, 
um, like what I feel like is the most me. Like I, you know, I did some stuff over the years that I, I really liked, but you know, some, some people that I trust a lot were like, you know, are you really sure this is like you as a person? Like, is this like what you feel like your vibe is like what you kind of are as an artist and like, eventually I came to the realization, like, no, kind of wasn't. And I just decided to be a little more free with, I want with what I wanted to do and kind of just like change up my approach at the time. And like, just expand my horizons in terms of the sounds and the producers I was working with and just like all the different people I was working with. And, you know, it was really cool. I just started making stuff that, you know, wasn't as confined by genre really just sonically in terms of the productions and that kind of thing, just making stuff that, you know, regardless of where it wound up would just sounded cool and that I really liked and just kind of felt like the exact kind of thing I wanted to make at the time. And that just led to me, I guess, making music that I felt like was the most authentic, authentically me music, I guess, that I'd made. And I think any artist, as you go on, like you should just get better and better at doing that. So it's, you know, it's just some, it's a process that you need to like learn as, as you're not go down the path of being an artist. You just refine that constantly. Yeah. I guess just lots of writing and figuring out what made me who I am and uh, just figuring out what I wanted my music to sound like, which was a trial and error process. So we're going to talk about your accomplishments over the last few years as a country artist. So you won Songwriter of the Year at the 2021 Country Music Alberta Awards. Heck yes, for every little yeah. town by the Prairie States. That is amazing. Congrats again on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> and you landed your first number one with All Over It with Ben Chase. Congrats on that. That was in January 2019. And that song still gets stuck in my head. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, that was a really cool milestone to get that too. So big shout out to Ben. He's an amazing artist working with him on that was really awesome. So that was, that was a really cool milestone. I was really grateful for to be a part of that one. Definitely. And also you scored your first top 40 at Canadian Country Radio with I Really Don't Want To by Annika. You mentioned you did work with her quite a bit. Yeah. One of your main collaborators that was back in July of 2021. Yeah. And most recently, you scored your biggest songwriting cut to date in September of 2021 with Encore, performed by Annika and Brett Kissel. And you have worked extensively with a variety of established emerging artists, including CCMA-nominated duo, of course, Leaving Thomas, like we mentioned, Lydia Sutherland and Mariah Stokes, to name a few. Like You've done so much with your career over the last four years since I've met you, and it's just amazing. We talked about how you feel like you've grown over the last four years and what some of your biggest accomplishments were as an artist over the last four years. But all in all, like, how are you feeling these days about your career? There's definitely times where I, I get down on myself and just feel like that imposter syndrome, like I'm not good enough or like, what if no one likes the stuff I'm putting out or where you just feel like you're stuck in a rut, but it's easy to overlook all the good stuff that happens like that you just mentioned and like you just mentioning all that stuff, just put a smile on my face because it like just, you know, makes me really happy to have experienced those things with those people, I guess. In 2016, I never would have thought I would be getting a, you know, a top 40 with Annika with that song, um, a song that sounded like that, which we hadn't written it at the time. But like, I'm just, I'm really excited because I feel like things are starting to happen on my terms and I'm making, I'm just making music that I love and like, it's starting to really like resonate. And I work with artists and other songwriters that I just respect and admire so much and like just enjoy working with them so much. And like, just, you know, if nothing ever happened, I just love writing with these people and hanging out with them. So like the fact that there's stuff happening too, it's just really exciting. You know, it's, it's really tough sometimes not to get down on yourself, especially during COVID as a musician, like it's been really challenging to be cooped up so much. And just like to be an indie artist is very challenging uh, at times too. It's, it's a grind. I just feel really lucky to be working with such amazing people and just to, for some of the stuff that's happened in the past year, like 
I guess like, especially like Aaron of 10 years ago, who was like in the university going into politics, if I told him like 10 years on, like you'd have a top 40 at the radio, like, you know, you'd have a song with a major label artist, you'd, you know, be making this kick-ass music and like you're pursuing music is like your full-time career. I wouldn't have believed me, you know, like I was, I thought, no, there's no way I could do that. There's just no way. And like, I was wrong. So that's a really good feeling. Well, you worked very hard and congratulations once again on all of that. And you have flourished as a recording artist and a performer in your own right. And you've shared the stage, as you mentioned, with Brett Kissel, Jocelyn Ellis, and Sean Hook. And in 2019, you were chosen to participate in the really cool artist development competition, Project Wild. You not only work hard in the recording studio and on the stage and with other artists, you also kick butt with boxing and with personal training and with fitness. Like that is just the coolest thing. I've seen your stories on Instagram. I've seen your posts and what got you into boxing and, you know, fitness and being super active. I've seen you running too, which is great. Same to you. Like I always see, I like, I keep tabs on your fitness journey too. Like, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see you just like grinding it out and just really working hard. So I know you understand like the, the benefits of it. You know, I, I mainly work out and all that for my mental health. And it's just really one of those things that keeps me balanced. And I took up boxing a few years ago when I quit drinking because I had a lot of like excess energy and like feelings that I didn't know what to do with at the time. And so like, I just really wanted to hit stuff. And <laughs> so like, I just started out like just doing it for a workout and I just really, really loved it. And so I started working at a boxing gym, like a boxing studio and taught classes and I uh, did some personal training, which was really cool. And I just really wanted to challenge myself. And like, I think it's always good to do stuff that scares you. It makes you grow as a person when you do that. So I decided I wanted to get in the ring one time. I got in the ring. Uh, we had a charity fight, uh, raising money for the Canadian Mental Health Association. We raised $7,000, which was great. Unfortunately, I lost by split decision, which means two judges voted for the other guy. One voted for me. So it was super close. And it was probably like the hardest physical thing I've ever done in my life was being in that fight. But it was really cool because I was like always pretty scared of confrontation growing up and like didn't want to get in fights and stuff but like I sparred with like professional boxers like every week leading up to that fight and so now like I'm not scared of that kind of thing (laughs) and it was really cool like it was something that was like it terrified every every time I went to the gym to like spar with these guys but it was it was really humbling and just like it's I feel like I definitely grew as a person and just like gained so much respect for those guys and I'm proud I I've gotten a ring and isn't that feeling like after you leave the ring or after you leave the gym or after you leave the track or the path or anything like that the feeling after is just so incredible it feels like you can take on the world it's one of the best feelings in the world. I know you know that. Like it's it's so good for you and like you know keeps you really healthy and like hopefully living a long time and just but mentally is where it really is amazing. I know I started working out because I wanted to like get really jacked and like look good like, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. everyone starts but they stay for the mental benefits, right? And yep. like that's the coolest part. It's just so therapeutic. In other ways, we've kind of talked about this before on other interviews, but you mentioned that you take care of your mental health in a couple of ways. And one of those ways is meditation. You are living a sober lifestyle and you really take care of yourself with rest. So how do you take care of your mental health in your words? I guess I touched on the the exercise component on it of it. I try and maintain like a very consistent workout schedule. I meditate every morning. I have ADHD, which like I discovered I was diagnosed last year, but like you don't have to have ADHD to have like what they call monkey mind, I guess, where your mind is always super busy and like always just, you know, my mind was, has always just been like all over the place my entire life. And like, I get into like dark spirals of thought sometimes and just like depressed and like meditation really helps me just like stay grounded and not like identify with those negative thoughts and negative emotions and just 
sort of stay focused on where I am and just being present in the moment. It really helps with songwriting a lot too, not getting distracted. Um, and I try and eat healthy as much as I can, even though like I have kind of a sweet tooth since I quit drinking and smoking. So like, you know, I do eat sugar sometimes. I try and like get rest. If I'm feeling burnt out, I take like a, a day or two a week off and like try and stay really close with like, like talking to people that you're close with, like friends or family that, that can really help a lot. Um, when you're going through stuff, just to have somebody to listen to you. I also work with a therapist too, which like a lot of people do. And it's, it's been really helpful. For me. And uh, I also take medication for anxiety and depression, which I've been doing for like seven or eight years. But like, you know, it's something I wouldn't have been super, I've been a little more reluctant to admit in years prior, but like now I don't really care. Like, you know, lots of people do that kind of stuff. So that's, that's helped me a lot. You know, I've, I work hard at trying to keep my mental health on track and I've done a lot of stuff that hasn't helped and know what I don't want to do now. And I, I know what works, what just matters is you, you get knocked down a hundred times. You get what you get up 101, right? You just always get back on the horse. Well, you're taking care of yourself the best way that you know how, and you're the only one that's going to be able to tell you how to take care of you. So that is yeah. really, really great. And I love that. And, and you mentioned that you like to do stuff that scares you sometimes. So what is something that you'd love to try an adventure you'd love to go on or something you'd like to do that scares you? What would you love to do? I'd love to run a marathon one day. I've gotten super into running over the past couple of years, like the runner's high, you know, it's the best. Yep. <laughs> I know you know that you've been running your ass off too. What else would I love to do? It's not as scary, I guess, but like one thing that I've kind of wanted to do is like spend some time in like a, a Buddhist monastery in Tibet or something like that. And just like kind of disconnect and like just live the Buddhist kind of like meditation lifestyle. I, I really believe in the powers of like meditation and mindfulness and like really just think it'd be a, a bet like a positive experience meditation is like working out your mind right so just they'd be like training with the pro boxers that's what training with the pro meditators i want to try doing that so let's talk about your dog i love your dog lizard she is just a character so talk about her let's talk about her my god oh that's amazing i love her too uh she's like brings me so much joy the instant I think about her or see her just makes me happy. Like the a dog is, I guess, another huge mental health therapy thing. Like, you know, dogs are so sweet. She's so energetic and like needs so much walking per day, but also, and she's so like affectionate and cuddly and stuff. And um, she can kind of like tell, I feel like when my, when I'm not feeling good and will like, kind of like give me more attention when I need it. She's like really friendly. She's so hyper. She's like literally addicted to ball throwing. I wonder what happens in her mind. Like when someone throws a ball for her, it's like, she's like literally addicted to chasing stuff. The sweetest, most benevolent creature on the planet. I just love her. You know, she like, sure seems like it. I've seen the pictures where she's just looking at you and I'm like, oh my God, how can you ever say no to that face? You just can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> she's so cute. Yeah. I just, she's not a lap dog, but I pick her up all the time. Just carry her around. And she doesn't like it, but she's, she has to deal with it. <laughs> She's a lap dog, even though she doesn't want to be as like, you are now girl, you are now. Exactly. exactly yeah. <laughs> so before we do play and talk about your new song, the truth is we got to talk about that. You have refined your skills and you do have a new sound that is going to be on full display with some upcoming projects. You mentioned that you're working on some new stuff and with some very notable producers, I may add, including ones that I've worked with Noah Gunderson and Ciara and Lolo and Alicia Cara and Justine Tyrell and Wilder. Like you've worked with some pretty big names. So tell us what is next for Aaron Pollock in 2022 and beyond. Yeah. So all those, uh, those guys that you just listed, like I've been working with all three of them over the past year. And like, 
I really just decided to like do whatever I wanted and just make music that I thought was cool. And so like, there's a really wide spectrum of music. Like that guy, Andy Park, uh, who produces Noah Gunderson, like the song that I did with him sounds so much different than what I did with Dennis or with Jordan. That song with Andy is like a really wild one. Pushing the boundaries of, I don't even know if it's country. Like it's, it's got some like pedal steel in it and stuff, but it's like pretty wild. Like the songwriting all sounds the same. The songwriting is me. And like, that's the common thread. But like the next song I think I'm going to put out is like a Hey There Delilah style, like acoustic track. Like it was basically like a note that I wrote for a girl to just try and like make her smile. Uh, it's called, I hope you have a good day. And, like, <laughs> I wrote it for no other reason. I was just really inspired and just like wrote it in like half an hour and like sent it to her. And then like, I, I wound up sending it to my producer, Jordan. And he's like, oh my God, I like this. Like, this is one of my favorites that you sent me. Let's record this. So got some more like kind of rocking stuff that sounds like about her that I did with Jordan. I'm going back to the studio at some point soon. I think too, like I've been like, I'm releasing an EP eventually like I have an EP that I'm sort of working towards like I'm gonna be releasing the songs from that which is like they're all basically love songs there's some happy songs there's some breakup songs and they all kind of fit together and then like I've kind of started working on the next batch of songs for like the next upcoming project and I think that's going to be more focused around like my journey with sobriety and sort of different stuff I'm really enjoying the idea of like creating cohesive bodies of music, which I haven't really done before. So like I have this project that fits together now on my next project. I'm, I'm really just thinking about like the sobriety stuff and like what I want to write about. And I'm kind of just crafting that right now. And like, I'm really looking forward to that process, but like I have my, the writers I love working with to like know about my, the, my struggles I've gone through and like the producers that I, that I love working with too. And I'm just trying to try all sorts of different stuff, I guess, and just like make stuff that really makes me feel good as a, as a musician and like not worry too much about, you know, the brand or like the sound or like kind of being cohesive, which is kind of weird. But like, I just want to make stuff that I really like that I think sounds cool and that I'm super proud of. Well, that's awesome. I really look forward to hearing all of that and seeing what you have coming out in the future, of course. And we got to talk about your new song here. It is a heartbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, truth it is. is. Yeah. The truth is your new track covers a crushing breakup that left you questioning what your future would look like. Yeah. That is kind of deep. And that is kind of a, uh, that's kind of dark, <laughs> but tell us a bit about it. This song is beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that a lot. So a couple of years ago, I was going through a really tough time, went through a pretty, pretty bad heartbreak, obviously. I'm sure you picked up on by listening to the song. And I was just like, I was in a really bad spot, like really didn't think things were going to go the, the way that they went. Shattered and like kind of didn't know what I was going to do without this person in my life. It was really hard. And like, I was kind of like grieving the loss of this person. So I got together with Dennis Han, the guy who produced the track. At the, I was just writing a lot at the time, just for no other reason than trying to get better as a writer. And I wanted to like write about it and like, just kind of get my feelings out and hopefully make myself feel a little bit better. Like Dennis just started making the track to that. And I just kind of like started writing the first verse of the song and just kind of like was what came. And it was like one of the most organic song processes ever. We just, it kind of came to life in the room. And it was just like a very pure, you know, this is what I'm feeling. I want to get this out on the page. I pulled in Chris Yearchuk because I showed him the demo and he said he was like, he would love to join the song. And he's like an absolute genius. And like, thank God he did because like he, he came up with some really cool stuff and like helped really take the song to the next level. Early winter 2019. So uh, we've been sitting on it for a while and like it started out as a demo. I was working on other stuff at the time. And then like that was kind of the one song I didn't really like seriously consider releasing it at the time. And then like, I was just like showing people stuff I was working on. And that was the one song that always kind of stood out and people were like, this is the song. Like, this is the one you should be like putting your energy into. Like that kind of just made me 
reconsider like, oh, this is like what people are liking. This is super interesting. And like, that was kind of the start of me experimenting with new kind of styles and sounds and like just really broadening my horizons, I guess. Something that I'm super proud of. Well, that is awesome. And before we get you to introduce the song here, I have to say thank you so much for spending the last hour with me and telling me about your story and telling us about your songwriting and telling us about all your collaborations and your achievements and all your everything. It was an absolute pleasure catching up today, Aaron. And before we play the song here, introduce it for us. Quickly, before I do that, I got to say, like, it was such an honor talking to you. Like all the nice stuff you said about me, like it goes right back at you. Like you are such a pro and like, that was one of the best (laughs) interviews I've ever had. Maybe the best one. Like that was so awesome. This is The Truth Is. My name is Aaron Pollock. I hope you enjoy the song. Most of the time, I'm trying not to think about whether I'm on your mind. Putting up a false front with friends and family, at least to try. Cause I can't stand being that worry that's in their eyes. So I tell lies. Like, doing better than ever, it's indisputable. I'm seeing somebody new and she's something beautiful. I know what they want me to say That I'm better off this way But the truth is I don't know how I'm gonna do this Get it over, you don't have a blueprint If I knew the way out I would've moved on by now But the truth is Must've fallen harder than you did And every night's a battle that I'm losing Getting you gone Wish I Bloodshot eyes staring back at me again Can't lie to those king-size sheets that know how cold they've been But familiar faces in all those places that we went If you ask them I'm doing better than ever, it's indisputable Seeing somebody new and she's something beautiful
There's Aaron Pollock with his latest, The Truth Is, on One to Watch Wednesday. And a few minutes ago, you heard his song, Nothing Much These Days. You can buy, download, and stream all of his music wherever you buy, download, or stream your music right now. And also, make sure you follow along his very promising and exciting musical journey that is ahead of him on all social media platforms and, of course, on his website, AaronPollock.ca. And also, make sure you check out his educational episode of Studio B, Better Together, episode 20, wherever you get your podcasts as well, under the Studio B umbrella. A massive, massive thank you going out to Aaron for hanging out on a One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was such a great time catching up with you, and you are more than welcome to join any time for any kind of episode, Aaron. <laughs> that is your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. My name is Sarah Scott. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>